As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Copa with Felipe Cardenas. I am your host and I'm joined once again by Pablo Maurer. Pablo, you said it last time and now I'm actually starting to wonder, like, are you are you, are you a co-host at this point? Like, what's going on here? Maybe uh, moving to like honor, honorary co-hosts. Uh, you know, I don't, you don't have to cut me in on the profits or anything like that. But, you know, a title <laughs> yeah, would be nice, I don't know. Those profits. Yeah, raking yeah. them in. Yeah, we're, we're breaking the bank over here, but um, uh, why are you here? Well, Pablo and I have been, as you all know, if you've been listening, we, we've been working on several stories together through MLS preseason. And really the big one that uh, was the big, really the purpose of going to South Florida uh, last month, uh, we, we published yesterday on The Athletic. It, it was also on the New York Times. We're very happy about that. It was a big story on Lionel Messi and the possibilities of him getting uh, actually coming to MLS and going to Inter Miami. Uh, so that story is on The Athletic. Uh, it, it was, I think, Pablo, in your opinion, I'll get your opinion, but if, if I'm reading that, I walk away thinking all of this is completely up in the air. And and, and remember, we, we filed the story. It published before PSG crashed out of the Champions League yesterday. They lost to Bayern Munich 2-0. That's 3-0 on aggregate. So once again, PSG falling short of their ultimate goal. The only reason they really signed Lionel Messi, Neymar, uh, Mbappe, and everyone else is to get the Champions League. They're out. So where does this put Lionel Messi's future? Lionel Messi's future? Is MLS now a more viable option? I mean, Pablo, what were you thinking yesterday? Like, did did you watch the match? And and if you didn't, like, when you saw the result, what came to mind? Yeah, so uh, the condensed version of the match today, I... um I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just that his Messi really can't be blamed for this, but certainly his years at PSG probably from an outsider's perspective would be considered a failure. I mean, it was a, an attempt obviously to craft uh, just a crazy valuable super club that doesn't always work. You know what I mean? I, I do think in terms of the, the move to MLS, Felipe, like it's funny. I mean, I think reporting this story reminded me of another one we worked on that was a completely different story, which was the the get it that piece we did, where we went yeah. down there after the fan violence. And I think uh, neither one of us, with either of these stories, were under any illusion that we would sort of get to the bottom of anything. 
Um, but being on the ground in both those places, speaking to people at Inter-Miami, speaking to everyday people in Miami, Ray Hudson, all these people, um, only kind of clouded things further when you realize how far apart different people's point of views are, how, you know, one person will tell you, oh, they've already offered him X amount of money. And it's just, you know, they're waiting for the ink to dry on the contract. And then yep. you have other people who are relatively close to this uh, situation saying, you know, like, he'll never fucking come to MLS, you know, exact quote. So yeah, yeah. Like he has no interest in it. And, and basically because I think for reading between the lines from some of the the information that we received, it's like, you know, the level of MLS is, is a big drawback for, for, for Leo Messi. Like he's playing in the champions league. He's playing at the highest level. He's not a player that I think is planning on, on, on sort of the swan song where he goes out without winning a trophy. And, and I think if you watch the game yesterday with PSG, you mentioned PSG like a super club. The, the narrative around that club lately, even though they have World Cup winner Leo Messi, is that, and they have Mbappe uh, and Neymar, is that beside, b- behind them, there, there isn't much. I mean, I would, I would just ask like a casual fan, like name somebody else besides Sergio Ramos perhaps, but name somebody else that's like really top, top player in Europe right now on that team. That team right now, is it's a lot of young players, a lot of academy players coming on. They had like 17 or 16-year-old come on yesterday when they were down a goal. A lot of players that aren't well-known players. And I think Messi, when he goes to the table to figure out what he's going to do, and this is from from some of the reporting from our colleagues at The Athletic, Pablo, is that you know, he, he's really interested. He's going to ask, like, what is, where is this project going? Like, where is the PSG project going? Like, are we actually going to win anything beyond the French league first division title. And so I would just apply that to inner Miami. Like, what is the project? Who am I playing with? Are we going to be a contender? Like, I, I think it would be incredible for MLS. It would be incredible for American soccer. It'd be incredible for everybody if Messi was here. But I'm a little concerned that uh, someone like Messi that is very uh, competitive, even though he he's not like the Ronaldo competitive as far as the, the expression on his face goes, but like that guy doesn't want to come here and waltz around and, and, and be on a team that loses. And so that's, I think that's where Inter Miami still has to fix a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I can't help but think of what I don't know if you were watching the Champions League coverage yesterday. Thierry Henry said about PSG, where he said that they need to find a way to sort of for the city of Paris to fall back in love with them. They might want to, you know, mm-hmm. build around young French players or just pick an identity because right now they seem sort of unmoored and just signing players to sign players, yep. that kind of thing. And Miami too. I mean, you just wonder sort of what the identity is there. You know what I mean? They, they could, you know, in MLS there are different lanes you can use to sort of achieve success. And, you know, it's obviously great to bring in Messi. you know, by all accounts, bring in Busquets with him. Right. But it's been proven time and time again in, in MLS that um, you're, you know, put it this way, like if you really hit on your DPs, you will probably make the playoffs. But um, you can't make a, a deep run on DPs alone. You know what I mean? Right. And if you have right. one of them that misses or one gets hurt, it's a huge deal. You know, so I'm, I'm with you, man. And um, I know he's not as expressive as Ronaldo, but um, certainly we've seen like Leo Messi mope and walk around through midfield. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, when things aren't going well for him. Yeah. Yes. yeah. When the team isn't playing well. So it could, you know, and, and I'm, I, just, I, I would just say that, like, you know, it's one thing to do that at PSG. It's going to be amplified times a thousand at MLS because yep. it's going to become a narrative that, you know, like he he's miserable in this shit league or whatever people would say, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're right. I mean, 
this this experiment, the Inter Miami thing with Messi, is nothing if he doesn't win. Exactly. He has to win. And Ray Hudson, you you brought him up when we spoke to him. That's what he said. Like after, you know, a 15 minute conversation that was excellent with Ray Hudson in the end, he's trying to convince. I think he was like, we were listening to him trying to convince himself of like (laughs) what made sense of Messi coming to MLS. Cause like, he was like, I can't fathom this player at this level at this moment in his career after winning the world cup and a bigger player than honestly, the only player that comes close to like, Messi, in my opinion, is is Pele, as far as like who has come to this to this to the states. I know some awesome players have been have played in the in the U.S., but Ray Hudson in the end, and we all laughed, like we literally cackled when he said this. But it was like you know, may, he did first of all, he did say that if he comes to MLS, if Messi comes to MLS and doesn't win a trophy, then he it, it will be deemed a failure. You know, Terry Henry didn't win MLS Cup. Slotani Bjorkvich didn't win MLS Cup. Like a lot of big stars that come here, Gerard, Lampard, Pirlo, Wayne Rooney, just, yeah, Wayne Rooney, yeah. Like they, a lot of big names have come, and they weren't on a team that could win the, the title. And so, if Messi is comes here and that happens, he just sort of is lumped into that group. Uh, and, and Ray Hudson in the end said, "But you know, maybe after everything that he has earned and won, maybe the one thing he's telling himself is like, I really want MLS Cup.'" <laughs> and we were just like, we almost lost our minds. Like even he was like cracking up about it because it sounds like <laughs> ridiculous that that's what he would be thinking. And listen, a lot of good players come to MLS. Uh, I, I'll bring one up that's very good in playing right now, Tiago Almada. You know, twenty-one years old, twenty-two years old, and when those types of players come here. There's, there's always, there, there's this thing that he wants League's Cup. Pablo, I mean, League's Cup, League's Cup, it is international. It is an international exactly, trophy. Exactly, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, Thiago Amada, these types of players that are, that have, are, have played at a really high level in a certain culture of soccer since they were little kids, they come here and I always look at their teammates. It's the teammates that are like, all right, what's he doing? How do I get, how do I get him in the ball? Does he want it back? Uh, and Atlanta United is has been has sort of been in this evolution playing with Thiago Amada. So imagine doing that with Messi. I mean, having to understand what he wants, where he wants you to be. Uh, then the dependency of like, I'm just going to give it to Messi. Uh, well, and, and, you, and you don't have the team around him to, to win a title. Like dude, that. think of think of every creative playmaker, every creative playmaking midfielder you can think of in MLS. I mean, the one that's freshest on on mind is Lucho Costa, just because we're just in Florida speaking to Cincinnati guys. Yeah. And you saw it all all the time last year, where where players, the players in front of him and behind him, weren't quite at his level. Um, yeah. It's going to be like that times a thousand with Messi, man. I right. mean, luckily right. for Messi, he's a little bit like Lucho times a thousand. Is you know can kind of t- turn the game on his head alone, you know. But but certainly, I mean, they really have to overhaul that roster, man. And, again, again, yeah, and, it and, would you know, be like the they, second overhaul. They can spend whatever they want on Messi, and you know give them a percentage of the team, but the rest of the roster, they're going to have to operate within all of MLS's arcane, ridiculous salary rules. And, yep. you know, um, they really would need to n- nail all their TAM GAM signings, you know, even, even just their standard run of the mill, one, $200,000 players are going to have to nail. I just, right. And I don't see Messi signing anything long-term. At all, two like years it's max. Like, I mean, it's I think two like, years max, and like probably one year, a year one option. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's going to be like, all right, is, am I having fun? Are we good? Am I enjoying myself? Am I? Do I like just living in Miami? But like, I don't enjoy going to work. 
You know, that's not that's not the situation you want. <laughs> and and you know, we in talking offline, Pablo, I, I'm just sort of remembering some conversations we've had when while we we're writing that story is like, what would the messy rule be? Be there's the Beckham rule, which uh, which became the DP rule, and it it changed the league. Uh, but now even the the three man DP role is 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 not. It's like it's starting to. It's leading towards archaic. It's like it's almost like an old rule that is for a lot of people. Uh, it's holding the lead back. And if you want to build around Messi, you better build around him with pretty good players. So, I mean, what do you think happens? We even talked about like, would that be good for the league? Like this like brand new I mean, ridiculous Messi rule that just yeah, lets Miami even, do whatever. I don't whatever. even know if it's like a Messi rule. My my bigger concern is okay if you're an agent, you know, and you rep Kylian Mbappe or like any of these, you know, any player that approaches Messi's ilk, right? Ronaldo, yeah. these types of players, and you see Messi go to MLS and get like a five percent share of the team. There is no way that you ever take a deal in this league again without that being in the contract. I mean, they're they're there just like it's going to set a relatively dangerous precedent. And as as far as I'm aware, not that I've dived into the weeds of this in global soccer, but I've I've never heard of this before. I've never I wouldn't I've never heard of a player being offered a, an ownership stake in the club. I guess Laton, right? Um, yeah, he did. He did in Sweden. But but what we'd say is it's like far from normal and only reserved for players like Zlatan, players like Messi. But with MLS in particular, man, where these franchises, you know, Miami's going to move into its stadium. It's going to be a billion-dollar-plus franchise. That 5% is whatever, $50 million, you know? Like, it's a crazy amount of money, man. You know, like... It is, it is. Yeah, And it reminds me of what's happening in college sports with the name, image, and likeness. Uh, so that trend of now, that's how universities are recruiting players. Okay, well, you can get X amount of NIL at this school. And if it's a player that's really into that, not everyone is. I've seen some college athletes that are like, you know, I'm not, I'm not choosing the school based on that. But if that's what it reminds me of, yeah, like what another player comes and say, okay, well, he got 5% of stake in the club. What do I get? Like, and then you're going to have the, the biggest clubs in MLS that have the financials and that sort of clout. They're the ones that are going to be able to perhaps offer something of course, that's because, equivalent. Yeah, 5% of the Colorado Rapids is like, is like uh, 50, 60 cents. You know, yeah. So. yeah. And so then what happens to MLS at that point? It's like people are like, careful what you wish for. Open it up. Like give the big teams, you know, the, the, that, that runway to do what they want. Let 29 teams uh, have 29 different ways to, to manage their budget. It sounds great, honestly. Like it sounds like a, a very uh, – a great way to go as far as like how you take the league to a new level. But uh, Pablo, for someone who is – who has studied NASL, like the history of soccer in America, does it sound like sort of the dangers that that league went through when, when all the great, the best players in the world, numerous players came to the United States? Yeah. I mean, it's tough, man, because what the NASL didn't have that MLS has is all this infrastructure, you know, all these stadiums, training facilities. Um, I always say that like MLS isn't going to collapse the way NASL did because there's too much real estate involved. You know what I mean? Um, But certainly, like, there's two things that I always think about, Felipe. One is, like, all right, say they do stop expanding at 32 teams. Say that's the number. Um, You know, at that point, so so for me, what's driving the value of franchises up is, like, market scarcity and the expansion fee, which keeps ballooning. Um, When they, you know, like, when when they cap 
cap it at 32, whatever, I feel like the value of the product is going to be, have to be driven by like media rights and the quality of play and notoriety and stuff like that. Those are all things that MLS is lagging in, you know? So no, you know, I don't, I don't think that, I mean, it's already been proven that, you know, for example, if, if Miami signs Messi, it's not like the Philadelphia union are going to go out and say, shit, now we have to sign Ronaldo. You know what I mean? Right, like right, it's right. already been proven that there's MLS teams are going to use all kinds of different approaches, but um, you know, and I don't know, I say, I say like loosen the purse strings a little bit. You know what I mean? Like if Jorge Moss wants to go out and give Lionel Messi 50 or a hundred million dollars to come to MLS, fine. That's his prerogative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. If other teams can't afford to do that, well, they should have different owners or they should just find different ways to compete, you know, but no, I mean, I, don't, I definitely don't, and at no part of my daily life am I thinking, oh, MLS is going to collapse in like two years, you know? Um, yeah, no, I agree. And, yeah. and if and if if Jorge Mas and the Moss brothers um, say, okay, yeah, here's a hundred million dollars to Messi, Messi accepts, and every all you know the big package is is everything that the Messi camp wants. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the league benefits too. This is an obvious one, right? If he comes here, every stadium he plays at is going to be packed. Uh, it's just going to be like what did what did Ray, Ray Hudson call it? Beatlemania. And it's true. It'll be Beatlemania every time Messi is just out in public. Every time he steps onto the training pitch at I mean, Miami. Something I thought about yesterday, insane. like like uh, th- this is going to lead to like a, a ballooning number of season ticket sales in a lot of places. Not right. just in Miami. I mean, like they're going to be places where probably the only way you can be guaranteed to see this dude is to get a season ticket. You right. know what I mean? Um you're right. It, it has tremendous sort of knock-on effect for the league. I mean, people, they'll be, it'll drive a ton of Apple subscriptions globally. I guarantee you. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, he's the, he's the missing piece to the, to what MLS really wants is term in terms of global expansion. Apple's is a big part of it. I think the Apple deal, you know, I don't know if I've said it publicly. I think it's great for MLS. Uh, it, it's, it, I know we're early days, but it's, I really like it. I think there's a lot to, to grow on and to improve and it's just only going to get better. But yeah, like you need that face. Like Messi is the guy. If it's not Messi, Pablo, it's like, think about it. If he decides to not come to MLS and maybe he's like, maybe something happens with Barcelona. I mean, right now it's like a, a bitter divorce with Barcelona. Uh, him and the owner Laporte, like they don't get along. They're not talking. Uh, Laporte is out there saying like, if I had to do it again, I would, I would send Messi away again. No one is bigger than the club. Like he's not helping himself, you know, getting Messi back to Barcelona, but Messi wants to, that's where he's going to live the rest of his life is in that city. And so there's still that opportunity. There's Newell's old boys, you know, the boyhood club that he, where he was discovered and where he grew up, you know, could he do that? But if he decides to not do any of those things, especially not come to MLS, what's next for MLS? Like who's the next face? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. 
dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is just like, you know, it's it would it's hard to say that like a player not coming to MLS would be devastating, but it just, I feel like particularly for Inter-Miami, they've put so many eggs in this basket for the past five years, um, you know, in terms of public interest and press and all this stuff. And, you know, I guarantee you MLS was putting eggs in this basket with Apple. I'm not saying that Jarber, sure. somebody was like, he's coming, but you certainly like the idea that he might was probably weaponized <laughs> to get this media <laughs> rights deal, you know, and I just like, I told you when we were in Miami, man, I said, selfishly, as a, a soccer writer, I want him here. Selfishly, as a soccer fan, I want him here just to watch. Yeah. Um, the part of me that just, like, loves catastrophe, like, the part <laughs> of me that's obsessed with, like, schadenfreude is, like, salivating <laughs> at the idea that this falls through because it would be so bad. It'd just be such a bad look, especially if he chooses no. to, like go to Saudi Arabia or something, you know, oh if he stays at PSG or something like that, I mean, you know, who could blame him? If he goes to Barcelona, right. same thing with Newell's, you know what I mean? It's like, right. he would take right. less money for the romantic return to his boyhood home. But man, if he just takes the payday and it just becomes a thing where they, they couldn't pay him enough. Like, yeah, yeah. It's going to be hilarious. I gotta be, I, I gotta be, honest. That, I mean, hilarious. that w- it would be tragic. It would be tragic. And we've talked about this probably, you know, Saudi Arabia, the Saudi league, Qatar, the Gulf states, like they're making their move right now in world soccer. They they got the World Cup. They're going for the 2030 World Cup. They're going to try to just like st- steal that one from Coma Bowl, which <laughs> wants the 2030 World Cup in order to celebrate 100 years since the first World Cup, which was held in Uruguay. Uh, they Now they have Cristiano Ronaldo playing in, 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 the, in that region. Uh, you know, I think they're, you're going to see players like, uh, the top players right now that are above 36, they're going to be targets, you know, Luka Modric, whoever, like those types of players, Ben Sema, like big time players that are like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. You know, like, and so why not Messi? Messi already has a lucrative deal with the Saudi Arabian state. He is an ambassador for their tourism company. Uh, and, and that's already Let me a, read a, a Matt, Matt, our colleague, Matt Slater just put in, in Slack yeah. last night that Messi is in Saudi Arabia right now for the second time this month. So oh, get out of here. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's yeah, like dude. the timing is awful. The timing is awful for that, <laughs> for MLS. Uh, but that is a real concern. Like, and, and just beyond Messi, I think 
we talked about this last night, Pablo, you know, I, and I've written about this for the athletic. I still think there's, there's definitely a place in MLS for players like Lionel Messi and Neymar that are, yes, it's like, they only have two years to go. They only want to play two more years, but Hey, come to MLS, man. Like I know a lot of people don't like it. That's it, it, it's the, the cringy retirement league, uh, stigma, but it's great for the league. It's, and it's the retirement and Saudi Arabia, about- I think sees that they see yeah. that and they're yeah. like, Hey, Let's take let's 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 jump on that train. The the retirement league stigma is absolute trash at this point. I mean, the bottom line is there is always room for Lionel Messi, right? There are always room <laughs> yeah. for there's always going to be room for the right aging player. Rooney is another example. I mean, he was great here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, then you have players like Pirlo and Gerard, just sort of like never belonged here in the first place. But um, when you're talking about a player of a certain profile, of course, there's always going to be room for them in MLS. I mean, just when, when viewed holistically though, I mean, every team's roster is decidedly younger than it was five, 10 years ago. Um, And you don't see them. I mean, you see MLS, for example, attached to players like um, uh, who is it that DC United was attached to this last go around South American player, not Suarez, uh, it was uh, Suarez, wasn't it? Uh, it was Suarez and and another. I can't remember. But in any case, um, they took a pass. You know what I mean? Like yeah, It's not yeah. like every single one of these players ends up coming to the league. You know? um, so- yeah, and they only want to play in certain markets. This, these players are looking for lifestyle. Like Luis Suarez, he, he was representing himself last summer. And he was like, he ba- he went out and said publicly, yeah, I have like a lot of offers from, from MLS. And it was then confirmed by us, by the athletic. It was reported. I don't know if we were first to report it, but I remember being on a Zoom call with uh, with uh, Seattle's coach Schmetzer. What's his first name? Oh my god, I forgot his first name. Brian Schmetzer. Brian Schmetzer. Apologies, coach, coach Schmetzer. Schmetzer. <laughs> a- a- apologies, coach Schmetzer. Um, and I was on a call with him, and I asked him straight up, "Were you was was Luis Suarez? Was that real? You know that interest?" And he's like, "Yeah, like like we were talking about him." And and from what I was told from 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 someone close to to Suarez's camp, uh, you know, lifestyle was big. Like he didn't want to go to Seattle. No offense to Seattle, I think it's an awesome city, but he didn't. He wanted to be probably in L.A. or Miami. And so th- that that's going that's also going to always be part of of the equation. So yeah, Car- I mean, Carlos Tevez, by the way, was the, the other player. Carlos Tevez, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. He would he could play. He could play here. Tam, he would, he would leave player, right away. Tam player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing more than a Tam player, Carlos, Carlos yeah. Tevez. Uh, let, let's go over some, um, you know, the, the, the piece we wrote, uh, we talked to a lot of people, as you mentioned, Phil Neville, we were in his office talking to him about Lionel Messi. Uh, we were we then sat with uh, Chris Henderson, who's Inter-Miami sporting director. We asked him straight up about, about Lionel Messi, which was great because I've been on on different phone calls with these with executives at a, inner Miami and and they know the questions coming and it's like they're prepared to just give you a canned answer it's it's much different when you're in their office you're in front of them uh, and I thought we got a lot out of both Phil Neville and Chris Henderson Chris Henderson if you remember Pablo we were walking to his office and he was on on one knee writing on a whiteboard and when we walked in he like shut the door he like <laughs> shut these double doors on the whiteboard <laughs> You know, like uh, right as we were walking in, I, and I lo- joked them later. I'm like, I wonder if that was, if Messi was on there. Is that a best eleven with Messi? Is it like the contract? Like, what is it? Uh, but he told us, like, yeah, like 
they have to prepare for, for Lionel Messi and what that means. Like you sign Lionel Messi to your point, Pablo, and like you're, you're going to overhaul the roster. It's like they probably already have check marks next to players that if he comes, these guys have to go. Uh, and it was interesting to hear him say that. You, I thought you, you mentioned this last night, what he said about, I don't know if you remember what he said about how he was a 16 year old and he, and watching Diego Maradona win the world cup in 1986 in Mexico. And he sort of compared that to what, probably a lot of kids just witnessed watching Leo Messi. I know you thought that was like an interesting anecdote from Chris Henderson. Yeah. I mean, we all have those moments, right? I mean, I, I, maybe both of ours might happen to be the same one that, you know, it's for me, it's 86 and Maradona. Yeah, like agree. For me too. Um, but it is interesting to think about that. It's interesting. I mean, that, that to me, you know, this got cut from the piece, the Messi piece, but to me, I mean, if you look at Pele and the, excuse me, Pele and the, um, NASL, I mean, that, that was sort of his lasting legacy. I mean, look, in the short term, the league com- collapsed. But if you look at all the guys on the 90 World Cup team, they're all New Jersey guys. They were all Cosmos fans. They all grew up watching, um, you know, that player. And those sort of effects, you know, it's you really might not know how big of a deal it was to have Messi here until 5, 10, 15 years down the line. Um, I did think it was funny. I mean, I, I uh, was it Ray said, uh, Ray Hudson said that, he thinks a player like Pulisic might look at MLS differently yeah. if Messi's oh, here. I don't know if Christian Pulisic's about to go <laughs> back here, but um, certainly there are probably other players, you know, in the middle stages of their career, not just late stage players, who would look at MLS differently if Messi came here. I mean, dude, I know he's 36, 37, whatever it is. Um, the dude is at the peak of his game practically. I mean, he plays at the. I mean, you roll. I'm, 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 I'm only rolling my eyes because I mean, I think he's like an extraterrestrial. He's an alien, Leo Messi. But I, I have, you know, what's fresh in my mind right now is yesterday's game, PSG Bayern, and Bayern had three guys. They were their mission was like, if he gets the ball, either we whack him, or we've got two guys uh near him he was sandwiched multiple times they he, they caught up with him when he was on a run again he's playing against the best players in the world that's not going to happen if he comes to mls but you're not getting you're not getting you're you're getting peak messy because he just won the world cup yeah and he's the most famous person on the planet uh but remember, we're talking to those five Argentines in, in Little Buenos Aires in Miami Beach. And I remember a couple of them, I was listening to the, to the audio, a couple of them at the same time was like, está más lento, está más lento. Like, they, <laughs> well, yeah, like he's, he's, he's yeah. a lot slower. Like, they know it, you know? And so, you ever, Messi you ever knows wonder, it he too. Might, he might get beat up at MLS, man. I mean, like, yeah, it's, Messi, he knows it. it. It's a it's a seriously physical league. It's a pacey league. There are tons of teams that press. There are tons of teams that, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, uh, you don't my get only, a lot of space. My, yeah. I will say though, that like there are certain players. I remember talking to like a, a Washington diplomats player once about guarding play. And he was just like, I couldn't fucking touch him. He was like, I tried to like, I was trying to like break his kneecaps. I couldn't even get near him, <laughs> you know? So there is that yeah. element too, but I, I frequently am like, man, are you, it, d- d- there's a worst case scenario here of like Messi getting to the league and just like within three games getting butchered by some horror tackle by like a college traffic <laughs> a defender. College traffic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like that, that stuff is, is, is not great to me, but you know, yeah. And Ray that. Hudson said this, it was, he's like, every player is going to have to elevate their game. Like every player in MLS, like his teammates, the players around him. And listen, if I'm an MLS player and I'm playing against Messi, I'm going to want to have the best game of my life when I'm on the same pitch as Leo Messi. So that 
that's what he's going to get. And you already mentioned it. The the league is younger, it's faster, it's more physical. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people looking to get, you know, be the one that megs Messi, be, be the one that uh, slide tackles Messi, like build up my brand, get on TikTok. Bro, the, you know, the, like comp- whenever, the competition for his jersey after games is going to be. It's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like I might run down from the press box exactly. and try to get it. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I think Leo Messi and, and this was something else that was, that was cut from the piece, but just a couple excerpts from a 45 minute interview that he gave in Paris after the world cup, after he won the world cup. And I didn't see a player that was like, I just won the world cup. I want to win another or what's next for me. He was like, there's nothing else for me to do. Like, yes, he's still the best player in the world. And he's still, he had the champions league to go for, uh, but he doesn't strike me as a player. That's like going to go and just try to play until he's 40. Honestly, he just, I just don't see it. Uh, I think he understands his limitations. He mentions that he mentioned it several times during that interview. Like they kept asking him, can you, are you going to play in 2026? And he said, listen, because of my age, and how and where that when when that World Cup is happening, he thinks he said it's in a long time. It's in three years, but to Messi, he's already like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get there. And so that's that's the Messi that would be coming to MLS, and that's I think the state of mind that he's in as well, which is just it just makes the whole situation a little bit more interesting. I mean, does he? I'll ask you a question because I genuinely don't know the answer. Has he expressed a desire to coach? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I know, uh, you know, Hudson brought that up too. Like, you know, what's, what's, what's plan? What's the next thing for him after he plays? Like I've had a lot of conversations with like our own editors in, in several other Messi stories that I've written. And we've all come to the conclusion that when Messi's done playing, he's going to leave the life, you know, he's going to be a dad, you know, yes, he'll do interviews, but I don't see, he's not going to be a pundit. You know, he's not going to be a coach. Uh, I, I think he would want to try to distance himself as much as possible from from the spotlight and just try to live uh, as you know as quiet a life as you can uh, in Barcelona with his family. You know, so no, I don't think he's coach material at all. Yeah, it doesn't feel personable enough to be an on air personality. That's not a knock on him. No. I just mean he doesn't. No, that's not, never yeah. been the dude with a big personality, right? Um, you know, so it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I just think MLS would obviously provide him kind of ideal runway to go to the coaching thing. We've seen it with other international yeah. players, but uh, if that's not what he wants. I don't know. I'm, I'm just desperately thinking of reasons why he should come here. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really have any aside well, we, from living we, in uh, Miami. You know, I mean, yeah, the Miami thing. He has property there. He has had several different properties in Miami. He comes here often. I don't know often, but he's been to Miami several times for just to spend vacations. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we've talked about it several times as well. And we were, it's in the story, the sizable Argentine community that is in Miami. I think it's both good and bad for, for the whole situation because like, he's going to feel like, yeah, I'm surrounded by a lot of people that love me because now he is just universally adored by every Argentine on the planet. Honestly, like it wasn't like that until he won Copa America. When he didn't, when he, before he won the Copa America in 2021, like there was like, I don't think he was someone that wanted to go back to Argentina for every, for anything because it was so toxic around him. He said that in that interview that I brought up years of journalists killing me is what he said. (laughs) And so he's been reading, he reads, he reads, and he knows what was said when he was losing those finals with Argentina. So, but at the same time, having 
of thousands and then more that are going to fly to Miami just to see him. It just makes for the circus, the ine- inevitable circus that would be Leo Messi in Miami. So it's just fascinating to me, man. I, I know, like you said at the top of the show, we have no idea yeah. what's going to happen. One thing we can give your audience, maybe to close the show out, is a very brief review of the Messi burger. Um, yeah, yeah. We uh, I almost did it in the comment section, and I'm glad I didn't. So yeah, let's do it now. Yeah, yeah. Felipe and I started out this trip by immediately going to what's what locals call the Guitar Hotel, right? The Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which is, if I'm being honest, one of the most horrifying places I've ever been in my <laughs> life. Um, uh, there were. Uh, Mysteriously, or they don't check your ID when you walk into this casino. Oh no! Like a ten-year-old could walk in and just yeah, yeah, a ten-year-old can walk in and just start gambling. Just people screaming, women with oxygen tanks smoking cigarettes. (laughs) We saw randomly a guy wandering around in a Chicago Fire jersey. Talked to yeah, Felipe approached him and was like, "Are you a Chicago Fire fan?" And he was like, "I I guess Uh, my wife Uh, bought this." Um, <laughs> exactly. I don't think he knew what the fire, the Chicago fire were. Do you remember the guy? And you brought him up in the story. People like aimlessly walking around looking for people. We saw a guy with like his shirt, like like a nice dress shirt, half tucked in, half tucked out, hair messed up, just sweat stains, sweat I mean, stains. Like the kind of person like, that inspires concern. Like you want to yes, like you want to literally around. call the police on this person. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But and, no, we but I, we went to ahead. the Hard Rock Cafe to try the messy burger, right? The uh, yeah. And to, I guess, look at Lionel Messi's line of Hard Rock Cafe merchandise, which I'm told is augmented reality, whatever the fuck that means. Um, oh, God. There was a Lionel Messi, uh, uh, there was a bucket hat that said Live Messi on it and then had. Yeah, there was a guitar. There was a guitar. There was, there was a, guitar. a signed guitar. <laughs> My God. Yeah, and a signed electric guitar with, with a picture of Messi. The funniest thing about that night before we get to the review is. You know, we're, we were in Fort Lauderdale. It was not like it just, I think we were like, why didn't we just stay in Miami? Like we were trying to be frugal maybe. And when we got to our hotel, we're like, what are we doing here? It was just full of like U7, U14 <laughs> travel teams and, you know, the, the corporate crowd, no life at the hotel. And we get in the car that night with no plan. And I remember we were just like, let's just get out of this where we are staying. And I said, I could really go for a burger. Without, you know, not even knowing, like, I for- had forgotten about the messy burger. And Pablo goes, well, let's go eat the messy burger. <laughs> I mean, it's something that our editor, Brooks Peck, has been encouraging us to do for probably six months. True. So, true. Um, yeah, I uh, I was shocked. So the burger was, I'll give my brief review. and I'll describe All it, right. actually. It was probably like a half pound burger, right, with um, yep. top with, you know, the normal lettuce and tomato and then a layer of what, what they were calling chorizo. But was like flavorless it was like chorizo substitute basically. it might have been play-doh yeah served with uh like chimichurri sauce and some garlic aioli um it was fine it was average it was like what you'd expect from a 20 dollar hamburger at the hard rock cafe it was i think in the in the piece i said it was filling and unsatisfying all at the same time you know just left you feeling bad um yeah what do you think, so so yeah, I, I someone commented on the story like, yeah, that's exactly what you get from that sort of food. You're full, but you're unsatisfied. And I, I've been thinking about it. And I remember I was concerned before we ate the burger. I was like, man, this is going to be like an atomic bomb in my stomach. It's going to be awful. Like this, is, I'm going to pay for this later. And uh, yeah, the chorizo, like that wasn't great. It was, they just they didn't, it didn't look like ch- chorizo at all. 
but I liked the burger, man. Like I, I didn't feel terrible afterwards. I, I actually enjoyed putting chimichurri sauce like on my burger as I was taking different bites. And I was into it. I was into Dude, it. The funniest thing about this shit is that we, we went there like, I wouldn't say ironically, because I think at that point we knew we were going there for the story um, yeah. and thinking to ourselves, well, we'll find some people to talk to, whatever, or just, you know, use it for scene setting. And so we assumed we'd like be going to consume this novelty that nobody had ordered. And so yeah, exactly. first and foremost, our waitress was immediately like, oh, it's like one of our most popular menu items. So then I just start scanning the dining room and it's like, you see like a messy burger on every table. And then uh, <laughs> Felipe is sitting in front of me behind them. These like four or five people walk by and I just hear them saying like Vos and like all this other stuff. And I turned to Felipe and I was like, holy shit, those are like five Arge- Argentinians. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So and they, <laughs> and remember the guy we saw every single one of them ordered a messy burger right yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. And we let them eat and because we, we're eating ours. And I remember the first person closest to us, like another table to my left, I saw a gentleman order a messy burger and then eat it with a fork and a knife. And <laughs> Pablo like a, was like, that person is a, is a sociopath. <laughs> like that is a psychopath right there. Um, but then, yeah. yeah, then we, we approached the five Argentines, Argentinians, however you like to say. Uh, and they were just like scarfing down that burger. Like it was a gourmet burger. Like they were loving it, talking with their mouth full, just talking about how great Messi is. Uh, they were convinced he was coming to Miami. Like, yeah, that was it. Like, and, yeah, one and, dude had an inside source, right? He said he's right, he's yeah. friends with somebody who's very close to Messi. And yeah, Messi va a venir. Estoy seguro. Yeah, and we were like, well, at, in the end, like this also came out from from both conversations we had with. Argentines in Miami. It's like, well, Miami's better than Qatar. It's better than Saudi Arabia. Uh, so clearly that's like the better, the lesser of two evils, I would guess, for for a football crazed country like Argentina, because they all understand, like, we love Messi. Not a lot of people want to see him playing in this league yet or ever, honestly. Uh, but I guess they'd rather see him in Miami than in Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, I would encourage anyone to just, just go for it. Take the, take, you know, jump, jump at the, the messy burger. Give us your review. I liked it. I thought the bread was, was fresh. That's, that's a key component to any <laughs> burger. I was surprised the hard rock cafe in Hollywood, Florida had fresh hamburger buns, but I was into it. Like I said, you know, man, this is, this is the last thing I'll say about this, not about the messy burger, but about messy. Generally, everybody has an opinion about what he should do. Uh, my opinion is that this one player should do whatever the fuck he wants this dude yeah. has earned the right to, if he does just want to go to Saudi Arabia and make a hundred million dollars and play at an incredibly low level and live there, I, I guess fine. You know what I mean? But I, I always like crack up at people who have opinions about what a 30, the greatest player in the history of the game at age 36 should do. Like, no, he shouldn't lower himself to that. <laughs> like get a life, dude. He's won everything. You know what I mean? Like yeah, dude, yeah. the dude does not owe you anything. I mean, frankly, yeah. no player owns, owes, owes any fan, anything. You know what I mean? But messy of all people, just do whatever you want. I man, I do hope it. Um, I do hope it's come to Miami, but like I said, I, I, I am probably a sociopath too. So if he doesn't, um, <laughs> If he doesn't come, I'll get a tremendous amount of pleasure out of that. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> Leo Messi, is he coming to Miami or not? We wrote a story about it. Check it out on The Athletic. Uh, it's out. 
it's big, it's well reported. Uh, there's a lot there from what we talked about and who we talked to and what we got out of the trip in South Florida. We covered uh, the situation in Rosario, Argentina, where he is from and where Newell's Old Boys, the home of Newell's Old Boys. And today, uh, by, by according to several other reports, the most violent city in Argentina, does that prevent him from going to Rosario? Uh, and then, of course, there's X, Y, Z, and B. Like, whatever happened, whatever he decides to do, we're just going to be witnesses to it. So check that out. It's on The Athletic. Thanks for listening. See you next week.